dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creeds. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created each other. Timeouts. Adams gives it back to Ross. Deep shot. Get it! What a perfect ending to a historic day!
That was She Likes Me by Lynch Party, a collective from South Africa. Hope you guys enjoyed that. And welcome to episode 11 of Dressing the Nation. I am your host, Gabriel Newland. Let's get right into it, baby. So first off, I just wanted to say I'm sorry about not having an episode up last week. I was having some technical difficulties and the sound didn't come out right, so I had to scrap the episode. And I just wasn't able to get an episode out to you Friday, so I'm sorry about that. But we will be back on regular schedule. And I also want to say that Sunday night, after all the games from Wildcard Weekend in the NFL, I will do a special podcast talking about the games. And I hope you guys enjoyed that. So let's get right into it. First off, this is a topic I wanted to start making an every year occurrence. I did this last year, but it was on my Snapchat. It doesn't really count. And I can only remember my the number one album I had, but basically, I just want to give you my top five albums from 2018. I can say that my top album number one in 2017 was 17 by XXXTentacion. Just a great album. Not one bad song on there. And I had a lot of people that agreed with me, so that was nice, but don't think I'll have that this year. A little bit more of a underground pick, I would say. But So first off, I want to do honorable mentions, and then we'll get into the top five. So this is all subjective. It's going to be different for everybody. No problem. Just wanted to give you my opinion. Don't be mad. First off, honorable mention, Carter Five, Lil Wayne, finally came back. Seems like that album was never going to come out. It was supposed to come out all the way back in 2014, but... Seems like uh, seems like with time he was able to make the album probably better than what it would have been back in 2014. So I'm, I'm, it was a blessing in disguise. But yeah, great, great body of work. Glad that Lil Wayne's back. Out from the shadows of Birdman and all that crazy stuff. Next, Astro World. Solid album. Didn't really stand the test of time like I like like I would have liked to it have, but you know, it's just it's just uh I don't know. Personal taste, like I said, can't really say much. Next, swimming, this is just a tribute to the late Mac Miller, rest in peace, young king. Man, it's just hard to believe that he's gone still. You know, I, I did like the album originally, even before he passed away, but man did it grow on me after he passed away, and that's just a shame. I've always been a huge fan of Mac, and I didn't really like the album previous to this, The Divine Feminine, so I was worried I wouldn't like this one, but he was a great album, but just didn't crack the top five. Next, Beer Bongs and Bentleys by Post Malone. Man, he is great. He can just sing his ass off. <laughs> That's all I can really say. Not too much of a deep intellectual album, but it was just a great body of work overall. Other than the pop songs, I'm not really a fan of the singles, but eh, to each their own. And lastly, on my honorable mentions, I got Question by XXXTentacion. The last album he put out before he was fatally shot in June. This album came out in March. Definitely not as good as his debut, 17, but it was still a great body of work overall. I have to say, some of the songs really just have a great replay value, like Sad and Numb and Changes and The Remedy for a Broken Heart. Just all great songs. Recommend if you haven't listened to that, go listen to it now. And I usually don't like to put albums that come out later in the in the year with a, with a recency bias, but I would put in the honorable mentions as well as his uh, posthumously released album, Skins. It's more of just a compilation of songs, I think, that they put together and wanted to put out for the fans, but it was still really good. I'd say the only song I don't like is the one with Kanye West, but... Other than that, that's a great body of work, too. Train Food is a dope concept, conceptual song. 
Bad. That's a good song. Just, X just made great music, man. It's a tragedy that we lost him and Mac this year, or Pat last year in 2018. Let's just pray we don't have to lose anybody else this year, but it's life. Somebody will die. All right. Now let's get into the top five. Here's where the controversy probably will start. Number five, I got Testing by ASAP Rocky. Man, is this album raw as hell, and this is what I wanted ASAP to make. I knew he had it in him. It just seemed like he wanted to make more of a cool hip-hop album that everybody could listen to, but he really got on his shit here. He made an album that I could tell he wanted to make and not what the label or not what other people wanted him to make. It was just a raw album that had a bunch of good cuts in it, really. It wasn't no standout track other than the one with uh, Skepta, Praise the Lord. That was just that was a banger, and usually I wouldn't like the radio hits, but that was a great song. The kids turned out fine, 143, Changes, Black Tux, White Collar, all great songs. Just loved the album. And it ages well with time. It ages like fine wine, I'd like to say. Usually with these albums, you can't crack the top five unless you age well. And I can say with confidence that this one does age very well. I liked it at first, but I even like it better now, so that's great. Next up, number four, I think this will be the first R&B album I've mentioned. So far, East Atlanta Love Letter by Black. Probably know him as Six Lack, but it's pronounced Black. Man, is he good at what he does. He can sing his ass off. Whew, Black, such a great album. I uh, I loved his debut album, Free Black. That was just a... I mean, that's just a great album, too. I mean, man, I... If I would have done an album of the year list in 2016, that would have been at the top two. But I just I didn't really come up with this until last year. It's, it's That's a great album. East Atlanta Love Letter. Great second album. No sophomore slump there. But I got to say, it's really for only true R&B fans. And I'd like, to, I'd like to consider myself somewhat of an R&B fan. You know, I like Black. I like Joji, which I'll get into later on this list. I like Party Next Door, Bryson Tiller. All those good fellows. Miguel, the dream. We can get into them all. Anyways, so yes, East Atlanta Love Letter by Black. It has good features where they need to be. He didn't overdo it. The first time he didn't do any features, and I thought that was nice. Kind of tell his story. On this album, there's three. I really didn't like the one with uh, Offset, but that's that's fine. I, I really like the one with Future and the one with J. Cole. J. Cole has been great with features the past year he had that one he just recently had the one that we talked about on last episode with 21 savage a lot he's he's had he's had a lot of features no doubt but yes that's a great album didn't overdo it i recommend that highly all right next number three let the anticipation build Goodbye and Good Riddance, Juice World. Man, was this album banging from the beginning. I had heard about Juice World. You had heard about Lucid Dreams and All Girls Are the Same. Like, eh, yeah, they're cool tracks. He's probably just another SoundCloud rapper I won't be able to like. But I was quickly proven wrong. Man, that was a great album, and it aged well. At first, I liked it, and usually with albums that I, that I end up liking... It usually takes me a while to get into them, but this one just got me hooked from the very beginning, so I have to say I was very pleased with the fact that it wasn't just a couple listens and then I threw it in the trash. This is an album I consistently came back to, and if you didn't notice the theme, the way I rank albums is how 
how much the rewatchability, I guess you could say re-listenability, <laughs> the playback ability, there we go, the playback ability of a song is and how, how long its shelf life is. And this one was great. I have to say I'm impressed and even on the cherry on top of all this, all of this is when he was going on his media tour, he was in London and he did an hour long freestyle, didn't stop for a break or nothing. He just kept going on Tim Westwood. Man, was that imp impressive as hell. And all the old, old folks had like, oh, these kids can't rap. <laughs> My ass, he can rap. Did it an hour straight. I don't want to hear nothing. Anyways, so yes, goodbye and good riddance, Juice World. That's a great album. All right, number two, top two. This one was going to be my album of the year all the way through because I'd been thinking about this whole thing as the year went on. When I heard this one, I was convinced this would be it, but we'll get to my top one, and then I'll be able to explain why that second one isn't number one. Number two, Daytona by Pusha T. Man, so short, so concise, but so great. I, I've always respected Pusha T. I've always thought he's had great music that he's put out, but I never felt like he was able to fully bring it like he wanted to. You'll just get a couple of duds. And I was worried when he said that Kanye was going to produce everything and Kanye was really the executive producer. I was like, oh boy, we're going to get a couple of duds. And only, and since it was only seven songs, you were worried that if you only if you don't if you if you don't like two of them, then you're only gonna end up liking liking five songs, and what's that really worth? But man, he hit it out the park with this album. Not one song that's bad. You could make an argument that the one with Kanye, what would Meek do, is kind of eh. But that song slaps, regardless. I think personally, Infrared. You know, if you know, you know the games we play. Incredible. Just incredible. Man, this should have been the album of the year, honestly. I, I'm still going back and forth in my head while I'm talking, deciding if this isn't the album of the year or not. I'm just going to have to stick with my gun and say this is number two, though. It's a great album. I You can't go wrong with this or the first one that I have on my list. Both great albums. It's just... Just goes hard, man. <laughs> That's all I can say. I'm not really good at describing music. I can just tell you that it, to my ear, it sounds great. And I would like to think that other people would think the same way. Go check out Daytona if you haven't heard already. And number one, drum roll, please. Da -da 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 -da. Ballads won by Joji. Damn, 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 damn. Filthy Frank done fucked up the game and made an album of the year. Now, if you don't know who Joji is, he used to be a YouTuber under the name Filthy Frank. He'd make a bunch of skit comedy videos on YouTube, satire, funny as hell. He then started making music under the alter ego of Pink Guy, and that was just more satirical comedy rap. Some really raunchy comedy rap, man. If you're... <laughs> I don't even think I'd recommend to go listen to it if you're easily offended don't listen to it at all but if you if you're ready just to get some laughs and get some really effed up jokes told go ahead listen to it pink guy pink season but he did a complete 180 from that and his whole YouTube career honestly with this album and he goes under Joji not sure why his real name is George Miller from Japan 
By the way, I gotta say, George Miller, a kid from Japan. <laughs> that sounds kind of strange, George Miller. What doesn't sound like very much of a Japanese name, but regardless. Gosh, damn, this is a great album. Great, great album. Now, I've tried to say the shelf life of an album is important. I don't even think the shelf life would matter if it... It, it has a great shelf life because shelf life, I listen to this album once a day, but even if I just listen to it twice, it's so great. I think I'd have to put it on here anyways. But because it has such a great shelf life, it's number one automatically for me. Man, this album blew me away. It came out in October. The whole year I had convinced myself that Daytona was going to be number one. Then this came out. Whoo-wee. This album's great. I cannot name a bad song. Like I said with the Daytona album by... Pusha T, there was that one song, What Would Meek Do, that was kind of weak. I honestly can go through the whole album, the track listing right now, of Ballads 1 by Joji. I can't name you a weak song. Track 1, Attention, great song. Track 2, Slow Dancing in the Dark, single, top tart single, still a great song. Number 3, Test Drive, incredible, incredible lyricism for an R&B song. Number 4, Wanted You. That's my favorite song on the album, gotta say. Number five, Can't Get Over You. It's way fast-paced, and I usually do not like R&B songs that are super fast-paced, but that one's just great. Number six, Yeah Right. Going back to what he's used to, he had a specific sound with his first couple EPs that he made that I really didn't, didn't like, but he does it great on here. It's a more of a relaxed, kind of chill R&B vibe, but that song, he knocks it out the park. Number seven, Why Am I Still in L.A.? Super raw, uncut R&B song. Kind of alternative, too. Eight, no fun. Great. Nine, come through. Great. Number ten, R.I.P. featuring Trippy Red. Only feature on the album. Trippy Red, man. Whew. I, I can't stand Trippy Red, but damn, he does it on this song. Number eleven, XNXX. Just great. Oh, my gosh. When you play that song on some hard-ass speakers with big, deep bass. Whew, R.I.P. Number 12, final song, I'll See You in 40. I can't name a bad song, and I can't name a weak song. They're all equally great. And that's it. I just can't, I cannot recommend this album enough. If you don't like R&B, if you do, just give Ballads one a listen. I promise you'll end up liking it. Man, that's a great album. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little weird when I talk about music. Anyways, alright, that's it for my albums of the year. You know, hit me in the DMs or Snapchat or wherever. Let me know what your top albums were. I want to know. Be curious to have a little debate. Anyways, all right. Let's next move on to the NFL. My predictions for Wild Card Weekend and my Super Bowl pick. Stay tuned, y'all. So first off, Wild Card picks for the Wild Card Weekend. Two games on Saturday, which is tomorrow. Two games on Sunday. Usually wild card weekend is not fun. You'll get the worst playoff games possible. And the Saturday, the early Saturday game is always the worst. For good reason. You know, nobody really can sit down and watch a Saturday morning game. People are, you know, busy. But this one is great. I recommend to watch all five or all four of them, excuse me. Make time. Make time throughout your day to watch all four of these games. About the only one I could say could possibly be a dud is actually the Chargers Ravens, but I think it'll be a close game regardless. All right. Chargers, Ravens. No, we're going to start with Colts, Texans, actually. 
Indianapolis goes into Houston. First wildcard game. Always billed to be the most irrelevant, but this one I think will be different. You know, I'm not even going to give an analysis on these games. I'm just going to give my picks and let them speak for themselves. I don't want to convince you. I want to just show you. <laughs> Can't really show you. I just got to hope I'm right, I guess. huh? All right. Colts at Texans. Shout out to my boy Zeke. I'm riding with the Colts. Andrew Luck. Deshaun Watson. Enough said right there. Next, Seahawks versus Cowboys. This is probably the prime time game of the week. Saturday night. We all know the Cowboys fans. They they uh they're they come in bulk, so definitely be the highest rated game. The Seahawks back from the dead. They didn't make the playoffs last year. Everybody thought this would be a rebuilding year, but Russell Wilson said, Hell no, nah. <laughs> I'm gonna take us to the playoffs, and he won ten games for his team. And did it convincingly too. I have to say I'm really impressed how Seattle played. They really gal galvanized the troops up there. Enough said. I got the Seahawks. I don't know what the Cowboys do great that the Seahawks can't stop or do better than. That's simple. I'll let this pick for, speak for itself again, like I said. All right, next. Chargers at Ravens. This is the toughest game, I'd have to say. I put money down on a parlay with the Colts winning, Seahawks winning, Eagles winning, and the Chargers winning. Now I have to say the Eagles will be the hardest to win because... They're such an un overwhelming underdog, but it's a great, it, you can get great odds if you do that parlay. Anyways, um, Chargers at Ravens, I don't know, it's hard, I just always have the mindset that it's hard to beat a team twice if you don't play in the same division, or beat a team three times in, a, in the same year if you do play in the same division. I just hearken back to the Cowboys back in 07, beating the Giants twice in the regular season, meeting in the first playoff game. And then losing to the Giants. And the Giants would go on to eventually win the Super Bowl in 07, of course, knocking off the Brady's undefeated season. Shout out to the 72 Dolphins. <laughs> I'm so petty, I have to get that in there. No, okay, where was I going with that point? Oh, yes, so if you didn't know, the Ravens and the Chargers played about a few weeks ago in L.A. Chargers just looked flat. They just looked awful. They had cut, were coming off the win in Kansas City on Thursday night. Big upset, beat them 29-28. And then there was then there became some buzz from for Philip Rivers to win MVP, but they just looked terrible. Hit the first play of the game, he threw a pick, and you just knew that the Ravens were going to dominate. They have such a great defense. Lamar Jackson, man, if he played maybe even just three or four more games, you could consider him for rookie of the year. But only played seven, but they went six and one in seven games. And the only game they lost was to Kansas City, who, by the way, has the M leading MVP candidate, Patrick Mahomes, and they almost beat them in two. So, I mean, Lamar Jackson's not going to woe you with his passing stats or anything, but he just knows how to win games, which is incredible because didn't have much success in college. But, damn, he could put up numbers in college, but it's kind of flip-flopped here where he puts up eh, numbers, but he wins games. So, everything leads towards the... Balt the Ravens, Baltimore Ravens winning this game. But like I said, if you don't play in the same division, it's hard beating a team twice in the same year. Or if you do play in the same division, then hard beating a team three times in the same year. So for that reason solely, I'm going to justify my pick by saying I got the San, or San Diego. I got the Chargers of LA 
Man, that just still doesn't sound right. But I got the Chargers of LA going into Baltimore because I don't think I don't think they're phased by an opposing crowd because they don't really play have any home games. Whenever they play at quote unquote home, the opposing team's fans always show up ninety percent of the arena. So I got the Chargers. I think an experienced Phillip Rivers, motivated ex- experienced Phillip Rivers. We'll come in and just do his job. I don't think it'll be a blowout because the Ravens' defense is so lethal. But I just like the Chargers overall. I think they're built for this. I don't know if they can win the Super Bowl because I don't have them even getting past the second round. But I got them winning this game. All right. Next, the final game from Wild Card Weekend. Eagles at Bears. Like I was saying earlier, I have the Bears. Or no, excuse me. I have the Eagles in a parlay with some very great odds. Put 25 down, win 560. Are you kidding me? I'll take a flyer on that one. I got the Eagles on that parlay, but, you know, it should be the other way around because this pick isn't going to give me anything. (laughs) I should have just picked the Bears on the, uh, or the Eagles on here and then put the Bears in the parlay. I would have gotten a little bit of lesser odds, but still, with money on the line, I should probably go with my head over my heart and the other way around. Not so much, but yeah, whatever. It's me. It's my fault. <laughs> I got the Bears. Simple, simple equation here. The Eagles just don't have a run game. Yes, Nick Foles, he is a different quarterback on the playoffs. We all saw that last year, but are, are, we, sh- are we sure we can do that again? And especially against this Bears defense in Chicago, that place is going to be going crazy in Chicago. They haven't made. They haven't been at the playoff at home since that Jay Cutler game, where he was riding the bike this whole second half against the Packers, which they probably should have won that game if Cutler played. But eh, he showed his true colors right there. They haven't played a playoff game since 011 or 011, 2011. So yes, they are hungry for some playoff football in Chicago, and they're going to get it. That defense is great. Yes, Philly has a great defense too, but. Conventional wisdom will just say, pick Chicago, and that I will, but I put money on the Eagles. Why? Because I'm dumb. Simple as that. <laughs> eh, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? All right. Um, I won't go through the rest of the picks, but I will say that who do I have winning the Super Bowl? I got the Saints and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and I got the Saints winning it. Like I said, conventional wisdom will just put the two number one seeds in the, in the Super Bowl and the better overall team will win it. And I, I can almost guarantee you that this won't happen, that neither of them will even be in the Super Bowl. It'll be a completely different matchup. But I, it's just hard to say that anybody's going to beat the Chiefs at home or beat the Saints at home in the playoffs. You just It's impossible. About the only team I could see beating the Chiefs, honestly, is the Colts. That matchup would be in the second round, but I don't know. That's tough. I just I just got to go with conventional wisdom. I'm going to be wrong. I'm going to get crucified for this pick. But I got the Saints in the Super Bowl over the Chiefs. Drew Brees caps off an MVP season, although I don't think he'll win the MVP. I think that honor should go to Mahomes. But an all-pro season for Drew Brees, although I don't even think he made the all-pro. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Regardless, still an MVP caliber season from Drew Brees. Caps it off with a second Super Bowl. And the Chiefs, once again, fall apart in the playoffs. 
But this year they make the Super Bowl, so that's not that bad. But I'm going to be wrong. I can 99% guarantee it. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> All right. So that'll be it for the NFL Super Bowl playoff prediction pick thing, you know. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Didn't want to talk about the NBA. Just want to make these next two episodes about the NFL because we're in the swing, full swing of the NFL season. This is where it really matters. Next Friday, we'll be talking a lot of NBA. But for now, I will say one thing. Paul George for MVP. I'm liking it. But, Jay, oh, man, James Harden. Whew. What he did against Golden State, we're going to talk about that too. We're going to talk, If James Harden can keep this up for another week and we can talk about it next Friday... Then I don't know about my I don't know about my Paul George for MVP campaign, but for now I'm just gonna say Paul George for MVP. Even though James Harden's probably gonna win it again if he keeps this up. Alright, I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening to this episode number eleven of Addressing the Nation. I will be back Sunday night, Monday morning, depends on the timing. I will make an episode though. And I'll see you guys then. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Addressing the Nation. I'm your host, Gabriel Newland. Enjoy this song, On My Grind by Tunji IG. Enjoy. Peace. On my grind. Motherfuckers to the water. Tell me you gon' drown or y'all niggas gon' drink. Tell me why I think I need a shrink. Uh, Feelin' like Cam in the pink. Hold up. Nigga need a pan like I'm Tommy. Uh, Put me on the beat, I catch a homie. Uh, Pull up in your mitt like Romney. All out, nigga. Yo, that shit wet like the Sunny. Swish. Yo, I need a gun like Savani. Uh, no, it's no doubt with Panani. Uh, she Bollywood dance like Punjabi. Stunned uh, all nigga in my. Mahi, paying like Dolly. I'm a worst behaving nigga, feeling like Dolly. Uh, Probably sing a lot of Dolly with a side of be counting all money. I ain't have to join the Illuminati. Nope. Hey, got a little way through that I can't forget. Hey, coming through my soul, you touch a seven cent. Hey, yeah, she hold me long. Yeah, she hold me long. Hey, did it all faithful, watch the turn around. On my grave. Love it, know you gotta love it. I'ma in my own name, kick shit like I put it now. Who done done it? 
Rap game summit, I be on my grind again. I ain't talking pot shovels, and I'm skating through these drawers, pulling rubbers out the cupboard. That became a day to day, and I'm just keeping it a hundred. Uh, brain buried, had a bad habit. Squad about to fly like some motherfucking rabbits. Rap game tragic, y'all can't have it. I don't do average, and still dress lavish. Where the torch at? You know you gotta pass it. Know it's still crazy, and Gigi's so savage. It's more than a smash it. This is for the masses. Had to go in, boy, this my rite of passage. I'm gone. Got a little window.